0: Leaving tomorrow for France for thirteen days. I'm not gonna bring my podcast equipment, so just thought I would record one before I leave today. Probably gonna to be short, not just saying that to uh annoylasski i'm It's probably gonna be short for real uh and I don't even have that much to say that I haven't said in the last one, which I think I recorded Thursday or Friday last week, so it's only been a few days. I'm just totally rambling. I don't really even have notes that make any sense. Uh, I just have this sense. I don't know if anyone else, probably a lot of you are thinking this too, or feeling this, this, this sense of just disgust at the overwhelming corruption. I mean, it's, it's not just one thing, you know, Congress is like openly insider trading. Hunter Biden is, it's a criminal on like eight different levels and, you know, and just the, the Trump farce, the whole prosecution for God knows what, and the January 6th bullshit and the, overturning democracy shit, just the whole thing. I mean, just the lies upon lies I and mean, then the medical lies and the vaccine lies and the obvious, like everybody's paying attention. Oh, Portugal deaths are up 20% for people uh, under 24. And what could it ever be? Oh, we don't know. We're mystified. Just the extreme idiocy and people in my mentions, even well-meaning people just so out in outer space about what's going on and everybody with their own just insane Superstitious belief, basically. It's like a superstition, what people believe about what's going on. You just you hear people articulate, well, you know, at the time, blah blah blah, and they, they say all this stuff. I want to pick on anybody in particular, but it's just like it's like somebody with a crazy superstition. It's like you're talking to someone at a bar and they're telling you about their voodoo dolls and their candlelit seances and their Ouija boards, and you're just like, Okay, whatever, man. You know, you, you can believe whatever you want, but that's that's like where the discourse is for me. It's just, I, I'm listening to people explain what they think happened. And it's, it's just one imaginary thing after another. And they're building this edifice of fake stuff in their mind and you can't even talk to them. And and even other people, they're like, well, I don't see how everybody would conspire at the same time. And I'm like, it's not like that. They just, they're just agreeing and going along because they want to be part of the team. They're not in on some diabolical plan. They just think that this is what the team thinks and I'm going to do it. You know, I'm just going to do my duty and you know, say what I'm supposed to say. They don't know. It's just incentives. It's not some uh conspiracy that a hundred million people are in on. It's just incentives to get ahead, to do well, to game the system. And this, this guy's like, well, I don't know. I just don't see how they'd all be in on it and not say anything. And it's just like you're talking to these people, and not only are they ignoring what you're saying, but they they know that there's excess death. They know that this is like that they were lied to about. Twenty different things that have already been shown that you know doesn't stop the spread like they were told the unvaccinated didn't start dropping dead they know all this stuff, and yet they're still defending it, arguing but you know how could there be such a big conspiracy theory i don't understand you know they're 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 playing dumb, but I don't even think they're doing it they're only like half knowingly doing it it's just like they're arguing to argue something to i don't know it's it's just so it's like people are just incapable or unwi- I guess unwilling would be the word but whatever I mean I'm not trying to get even the specifics it doesn't matter at this point it's just the corruption the deceit the self-deceit above all is just so enormous I, it's just hard to believe that things are even functioning at this point with the amount of just corruption and self-deceit and just people again imagine if everybody you knew was like believing in voodoo dolls and Ouija boards and strange curses and occult stuff. And you'd be like, how is the how how are they functioning and so so how is society still functioning? It's amazing that you go to the coffee shop and there's still coffee to buy, or you go to the restaurant and there's still food being cooked that's good. It's just I don't know, it's just so insane. And I just had this feeling of like despair, like I want to give up explaining or Conveying my point of view, do it, you know, a lot of times because there's onlookers who uh, might be persuaded. And even though I know the person that I'm interacting with has no chance, never going to get it. You know, it's that Yuri Bezmanov quote where he's like, You could take them to the Soviet Union and show them the concentration camps, and they still would not believe it until the military boot crashes his balls, until it kicks him in his fat bottom. Only then does he realize that he's been deceived. And yeah, I don't know what it's going to take, but it is just unbelievable. It's like one insanely corrupt revelation after another. And this is just a crazy thing. I don't even know this, you know, the whole Maui fires and and that whole catastrophe over there. And so it turns out, and and definitely fact check me if this is incorrect, but see anyone disputing this fact, or at least this reported fact, that the Maui police chief, John Pelletier, was also the incident commander for the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. How does that guy get from Vegas to Maui? I saw another tweet saying that he was the first non-Hawaiian in that position of police chief, which I don't know if that's true either, but if that's true, like what the fuck is going on? I mean, you know, people are like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, I'm not making any theory about what is going on. I'm just saying, if that is true, what is going on? Like, why would that be true? And if that is true, what the fuck, what the fucking fuck? We still don't know what happened in 2017 in Vegas. What is this guy doing here? It was like that woman, Leanna, Nguyen, who was about all about, uh, excluding the vaccinated from the unvaccinated from society. And then she was also present as a reporter, uh, or maybe an interviewed physician on the day of the, uh, Boston marathon bombing. She was there on TV. They showed a clip of her on TV. And then suddenly she's on CNN, targeting the uh the unvaccinated like who are these people that are showing up in these crises that are, are they put into place is just a giant coincidence and it's just so bizarre and i've i've heard some very outlandish theories about what happened in maui and i don't know it's probably not true they're probably not true but what the fuck is this guy and, and maybe this is not true again please fact check me if this is just false but if it is true what the fuck with the incident commander for the uh, Las Vegas shooting in 2017, a bizarre incident that they never got to the bottom of. What is he doing in Maui? Is the police chief all of a sudden during this other uh, disaster catastrophe? There's just so much shit. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, again, didn't a man on Martha's Vineyard at Obama's property, his chef or something, drown a couple of months ago? What happened to that story? Again, I'm not even alleging foul play. Maybe it was just an accident. Maybe he didn't know how to swim. I don't. I don't even know the story. I don't even click through half the time, because I don't even know what I'm reading. If it's if it's legit, if it's made up, if this is some sort of they, you know, they. One thing I would do if I were, you know, trying to discredit uh, my opponents in an ideological and an information war, I would create a lot of bullshit stories that are. Very tantalizing and seem to explain a lot and get my uh, ideological adversaries retweeting them and sharing them, and then you know they were bullshit. And, you know, like QAnon, like QAnon. I think that's fake, right? I don't think that was a real. It's not really a real thing, uh, or maybe it was a crazy guy, but they used it. Um, I would want people trying to allege that that was true, so that you could discredit them with that. You say, "Oh, you're QAnon." Easy dismissal. I would want to put a lot of false stories in the news that were appealing, you know, like sort of false stories that were then shown to be completely false, not things like ivermectin is horse paste, which that is false. And ivermectin actually seems to have been effective against COVID. And now the FDA is like, oh, sure, yeah, why not? Now that nobody's taking the fucking boosters anymore because everyone knows how bad it is, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, why not prescribe ivermectin? And by the way, the people who were repeating that horse paste trope, for a Nobel Prize-winning medicine, one of the most important medicines in the world, maybe you know, after antibiotics, one of the most important medicines of all time in history. And people repeating that trope are just some of the dumbest, most credulous imbeciles on the planet. Imagine just saying that because your TV told you to say so, and just fucking saying that and seeming like you had conviction behind it and having no fucking idea. And then when, of course, it shows that that may have been helpful. I I still don't know for sure. I think there's some literature that shows it's helpful. I think that, I think there's some studies, but studies, I mean, fucking studies, studies. I mean, if, if one thing's been discredited, it's the fucking studies. I mean, I never, when there's a disagreement now, like paste a study. Oh, look at this study. It shows this. I mean, I find value in studies that are against interest, right? Like if the CDC puts out a study showing, or the Cleveland Clinic, this actually happened, put out a study showing The more you're boosted, the more likely you are to catch and spread COVID. I think that has validity because it's a statement against interest. It would be a hearsay exception in a court of law. Um, So I find those interesting. But a study purporting something that someone on your team wants to be true. I mean, just don't even bother the war of studies. My study shows this. Oh, this study shows that. It's just unbelievable. You have to have really good heuristics. You've got to be very skeptical. You've got to evaluate um, not only the thing being said, the motives of the person saying it, the track record of the person saying it, the first principles underneath it, the science as best you as you can interpret it. I mean, you have to be very uh, complex in your heuristics. You need to have a really good understanding, really good epistemic um, immune system basically these days to really parse things. And that's why, you know, this this police chief in, in Maui came from Las Vegas. I'm not saying that's even true. I've just seen it alleged in a few places and I'm wondering, is that true? I haven't seen it uh, disputed. And if it is true, what does that mean? You know what? what, I mean, there's just so much fucking shit. And I'm pretty sure this is also a fact, this reported fact that four of the uh, security guards in January 6th have committed suicide within the first six months after the uh, January 6th protests Four of them committed suicide independently of each other. And I'm, Trying to figure out what the odds would be. You know, there's the very far-fetched idea that they were murdered, that they would murder a bunch of security guards who knew too much. Doesn't seem that likely. But then you have to contrast that by they just four different people coincidentally committed suicide within six months. That seems very, very far-fetched to me. More even more far-fetched. So, you know, this stuff is just really fucking crazy. You know, I mean, is there some conspiracy, some sort of deliberate? Attempt to damage Maui and some agenda behind it. That seems kind of far fetched on its face. Why would they destroy a beautiful island? A lot of money in tourism and tax revenues. Why would they do that? I mean, I've I've heard theories for sure about who owns the property and who wanted to buy the property. But again, I I don't have the time to confirm all the shit. I, I'm not. I realize like I'm more of someone who just wants to present facts and ideas and think about them and, and sort of. Stimulate the the conversation. I'm not the reporter, the journalist that goes deep into the weeds of the facts. I will lean on those people and I will uh, be skeptical of those people. But and I'll try to put it together once I've it's been you know put in a digestible format. But I'm not a journalist. I'm not going to be the guy who um, is going to parse exactly what the incentives were in Maui. You know what, who all the players were, and what the what was actually going on before the fires were started. But on its face, it would seem very far fetched that they would destroy a place like that. But then you have these things like, if this is the case, if this police chief is really the same guy, I mean, what the fuck? You know, like what the what the fuck? I mean, that's just too bizarre. And um, just some of the reports from the locals. But again, if I were in an information war, and I, I really do think we're in sort of an information war. And that guy, Yuri Bezmenov that I quote all the time, I think it was him. I think he said that the purpose of propaganda wasn't necessarily to convince you that X, Y, or Z was actually happening. It was to sort of just make everything so uh, slippery and impossible to discern that you sort of gave up on interpreting things because it's so easy to misstep, right? If If you go out and say, the the maui fires were not fires it was a laser weapon or something like i've seen that on twitter you come out with that shit and it turns out that that is just completely not true you you can't really walk that back you know i mean you, you don't want to go down the uh alex jones path of alleging that sandy hook was fake and there's all these parents you know with the worst tragedy imaginable the worst case scenario but even something like this like you don't want to start alleging stuff that is far-fetched and also turns out not to be true. So you've got to kind of tread carefully. But then if you're treading carefully on everything, then you just don't allege anything. You don't believe anything's true. So you you may know that the, uh, the establishment, the uniparty, whatever you want to call it, the ruling class is not looking out for your interests. I think historically, it's a pretty safe bet, human history, that the ruling class is not looking out for the ordinary person. I don't think that's like... I think that should be your base case, um, and you should be very suspicious of institutions that serve authority like the New York Times or cable news or you know, the uh, administrative state. These are all serving power, and you should be deeply skeptical and presume that they are not on your side. I think that is very safe. But if you get specific on stuff, on what's actually going on, you know, you don't really know for sure. You don't have inside, you're not privy to inside information. You know, you know, the WF has stated some goals. How many of those are realistic? How many of those are aspirational? How many of those are even shared by, you know, how many of that is just bait to get you down an insane road and discredited? I mean, it's very, it's a minefield right now. And again, if I were the architect of this, I would set up these mines for people to step in all the time. And I assume uh, my, I assume these people are sophisticated. I assume that the reason I don't day trade stocks is I assume the people on the other end of the trades are sophisticated and I don't know enough about it. And I don't devote enough time to it to match wits with the Goldman Sachs traders. And I am not a day trader for that reason. I would not do it. And I assume that the people who are putting out you know, misinformation, the government source of misinformation, some of which we know now. The lab, you know, the the lab leak being a conspiracy theory, that seems like that is missing that was deliberate misinformation. The vaccine stops the spread. That was misinformation. So you know they lie, but you don't know the extent of it. You don't know all the different tentacles. You know, I try to stick to, you know, statins don't seem to be net beneficial, cholesterol, the story is much more complicated. They made it out to seem Statins are the, I think the most, still the most prescribed drug, um, and there are side effects and the benefits are vastly overstated. Even one of the most basic medicines was based on a lie. And what's, what's interesting is that, um, a lot of doctors had their livelihoods destroyed. This is pre mRNA, pre COVID pre vaccine debate. They got their livelihoods destroyed just for questioning the cholesterol heart hypothesis and statins. Because the money in that is, was huge, just like the money in this. And it's kind of a war for resources. And I think, like, the most basic understanding of the world is when countries go to war, or when certain factions go to war, or businesses go to war, it's a war for resources. You know, we have these movies where the aliens are coming to invade. They want our energy, they want to consume the Earth's resources. And that makes sense. You know, insects come to eat. Your crops, animals, the deer come and eat all your vegetables in your vegetable garden. That's why you have to put up a fence. The wolves come and eat your sheep. You know, it's it's a battle for resources. It's a battle for energy. And I just feel like all of these adversarial forces, all these adversarial factions, the pharmaceutical companies, the government, which is an arm of these, they're basically lobbying on behalf of these powerful interests that pay them and install them. Um, they are out to get your resources very simply. And you can't say, oh, the bank is my friend. It has my money. It's keeping my money safe. Or the pharmaceutical companies, they're trying to keep me healthy. know, they're trying to get you buying pharmaceutical products. It is a war for your resources. If you need to be sick in order for you to take their product, then they want you sick. You know, if they, if they need to have you uh, hooked on junk food and sick, Uh, They're going to promote junk food. I mean, think about this. There's like an obesity epidemic. I mean, this is one thing after another. There's sex trafficking among elites, and we still don't have the Epstein client list. This is not some—it's a conspiracy theory that proved to be a fact. They know Epstein was trafficking minors to powerful people. We just don't know all of who they are. Still, Wander Franco, the baseball uh, player—I didn't even look into the details of it—but apparently, he was dating having sex with some, uh, underage girl in the Dominican Republic or something. And he's on indefinite leave on three of my teams. I didn't, uh, fortunately I, you know, I was looking at uh, injury risk and uh, performance risk. I really didn't, uh, calculate pedophilia risk with Wander Franco, but I guess I just didn't, it's on me. I didn't look deep enough. I should have done a deeper dive into do uh, Wander Franco before the season, before I drafted him. But the point is that, you know, this, he's in trouble. And rightly so, if it's true, I don't, we don't know if it's true yet, but these powerful politicians who are, you know, he's what, 22, they're in their what, fifties, forties, fifties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, maybe with these girls. And we don't even know who they are. There's no prosecute prosecution of them yet. And that list is sealed somewhere, but you know, you have sex trafficking. This is just a fact you have an obesity epidemic. You have a diabetes epidemic. I mean, there's so many diabetic and pre-diabetic people in society. Maybe a majority are at least pre-diabetic. And yet nobody gives a shit that the shit on the shelves. I mean, kids are just getting fed these juices and juice drinks. It's not just the apple juice and the orange juice, which is pure sugar. It's like these fake apple juice and orange juice, these fake drinks. And you go to a sporting, you know, a sports thing with other kids And they're just, a parent brings a case of that shit in and nobody fucking says shit. Nobody knows anything, you know? I just, uh, Sasha went to camp this week and she made friends with some of the kids. She's 11. And now they're on this fucking WhatsApp group and I got pissed at Heather. I'm like, don't let her use the phone for that shit because it's not about, you know, the kids are nice kids. They're just goofy. The messages are harmless, but like, it's not that. It's not the content of the messages. The medium is the message. It's the phone is your access point to society this device this electronic thing with the screen is where everybody is that's where the friends are and they learn in an early age that's where all your friends are and the other fucking parents like i know it's convenient to stick your kid in front of a fucking phone or ipad all day because they don't fucking bother you or need to have a real activity but like you are fucking me up because all of you have this shit all of them have this shit And now that's the way they communicate to their friends. And now it's a big fucking fight to be like, no, you can't have that shit. But I'm going to be fucking hard on this. shit. I'm going to be like, look, that is not the gateway to socializing. The gateway to socializing is showing up in person and making a plan and going to the park or to the beach and or playing sports. And we'll see. We'll see that battle. People say, oh, you know, you can't fight every battle or don't be so strict on the, on the food and stuff. And I was strict when she was young. And, you know, obviously I have less uh, control over it now, but we don't buy any of this shit in the house really, rarely. And it's like, fuck you. Like, just have a fucking backbone. You know, this shit is bad. You know, this shit is not what you want. And yet it's always like, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. I can't be the one. My kid can't be the one. Why not? You know? Who gives a fuck if she's like, yeah, no, my parents don't let me use the phone. Ha ha, your parents don't let you use the phone. Yeah, ha ha, we'll see who the fucking last laugh is on. You know, when you're fucking staring at a screen instead of leaving your fucking house and going outside and engaging with the real world. Ha ha, you know, you take a hit. You take some, you know, ridicule if that's where it's going to go. I don't even think it's going to go there. we would just be like, yeah, you're not in the fucking WhatsApp group. You're not missing anything. You're As a parent, you fucking know they are not missing anything important. They will still see their friends in person and yet you're like, oh, but they really want it. Be a fucking adult. You're not their friend. I don't know. This is probably going to piss some of you off. I don't give a fuck. I just think this is fucking pathological. People just kind of letting it be. Anyway, it's just pissing me off, you know, all this stuff. This fucking world, this fucking society. I don't respect it. I don't respect... I just don't respect it. You know, I, I feel like our standards are low and, and it, you know, look, I'm on fucking Twitter way too much. I, I deleted it from my phone and I think I'm going to stay off of, I'm not, well, I'm, I'll have my computer for uh, writing a couple of football articles cause it's time of year where it's a good time to write football articles and get subscribers to RealMansports.com. dot com. But uh, I'm not going to be on Twitter uh, on my phone and I'm just going to, Post the uh, the articles and try not to get involved on actual Twitter. I, I'm starting to lose respect for Elon Musk. I just feel like the guy's playing a fucking game. Just everything's throttled. You see his WAF CEO talking about how you know lawful but awful posts. They're gonna you know de-emphasize, and I feel like my reach has been throttled. I could be wrong. I could just be paranoid. Maybe just because I said this before, I had a sports following and I'm converting it to something else, mixed, and a lot of people who did follow me for that, you know, don't anymore, but I feel like it's throttled just in terms of uh, the amount of reach the posts are getting. But again, there's no transparency. I stopped paying for it just out of principle, even though probably I should pay for it in terms of reach. Although I didn't feel like I was getting that much reach even when I was paying for it, but it's just more like, it's just something sinister about the whole thing. And now that you share the ad revenue, um, if you get a certain number of impressions, there's just this massive incentive to generate impressions any which way this guy had a very clever post about how you know maybe the human body temperature is near 100 degrees which is right near the boiling point of water now of course 100 celsius is the boiling point of water and 98.6 near 100 fahrenheit is the human body temperature which everyone fucking knows so it was like it's really stupid tweet but the consensus is he knew that that was wrong but he knew by uh making that egregious error, he would get thousands of people to correct him and dunk on him and then generate uh, a lot of impressions and get his cut of the ad revenue. It's very clever. You can't just say something, you know, two plus two equals five. You're not going to get the engagement. But if you say something like that, that people kind of think that you might not know. And then all these midwits want to show that they know better, that they can spot your error. Um, that was really clever. But, it, you know, incentivizes stuff like that. And incentivizes like this hoax posting, this like fake posting to get uh, impressions and and another guy, it's another thing that I read, this guy, Peruvian bull, who's a good follow for like financial stuff. He posted a story I think this is true. I'm not hundred percent sure about this guy who um, set up some dating profile and some dating apps. Uh, and it was about, you know, it had a picture of an attractive girl and had AI generate all these conversations. and basically, the point of it was to go on a first date and the things that she likes are Soho house, which is this, you I probably know what it is. I've been there. Some friends of mine belong to it. I do not. Um, it's kind of this club. It's like, you know, a couple grand a year, two, three grand a year to join. Plus you pay obviously when you go there, but it's kind of like, it's usually got, you might have a swimming pool. It's got, you know, dining room bar. It's like a social club basically. And she put this profile up where, you know, she wants to, hang out meet a guy and she's pretty attractive. And, you know, it was like, he said an eight out of 10. So it was like, not like some unrealistic, but just like, you know, a very attractive professional girl in her early thirties or late twenties. And, and so all of these guys responded and signed up for memberships at Soho house and asked her out on the date because you had to have a membership and kind of know your way around to seem like the guy. I mean, again. I think this is actually true. I, I don't, you you can read the post. I'll maybe link to it. And, and then he bought a bunch of calls on the Soho House public stock. I don't know if that's the parent company or not. But anyway, whatever the parent company is, he, he bought a bunch of calls. Calls are where you are betting that the stock's going to go up. And if it does, you can exercise them and make money. And apparently he got like several thousand people to sign up for Soho House based on this, uh, on this trick and you know several thousand people times several thousand dollars is something like you know he got like 90 million dollars of extra income that quarter and of course soho house reports the earnings and the stock soars and he cashes in something like 350k for his call they invested in now again it's this guy peruvian bull you can look at the the story could be bullshit but let's just go with it for now it's not that important it's not like uh something like the Maui thing, whether that's bullshit or not. it's a, it's a, not an important thing, but he's basically making an investment and then creating a fake world, f- fake demand for the product in which he invested in <laughs> getting it to work and then cashing out. And he's just, it's just completely gaming the system, right? Like these guys don't really want to be at so house when no girl shows up on the actual date, Um, They just wasted that money. Maybe, you know, you get some value at a Soho house. There's worse things to do than waste a couple grand on a social club for a year. But um, it's just the way things are going, like this total charade. It seems like everything's kind of like that. And then I was reading this um, post by this this guy, Tom Luongo, who I've mentioned before. He's kind of out there, but I feel like his theories are interesting enough to consider, at least. And you know that, you know, uh, George Soros, has bankrolled all these DAs that don't prosecute crime that the most famous one was Chessie Budin in San Francisco and San Francisco has got like open air drug markets and people defecating on the street. And, you know, that's just well known. Um, but Alvin Bragg in New York and they don't prosecute a lot of crimes and, um, Funny story about Alvin Bragg was he's a friend of my brother's growing up. Alvin Bragg, when he was five and six years old, was at my house all the time. I forgot to mention that when the whole Trump thing came out. So I think my brothers still friends with them, and he likes them for what it's worth. But whatever, they you know it's a similar thing. He was bankrolled by Soros, and there's DAs all you know in a lot of different cities where this has happened. And a lot of these cities have, for that and other reasons, fallen into disrepair, and you see a lot of businesses moving out. Some bank in San Francisco just closed its doors. Some office building. They're trying to sell it like, you know, 60 cents on the dollar. And this is commonplace. And again, it's not the only reason. And Elon Musk and a couple others have commented The Soros, to get his agenda passed, really made a smart bet bankrolling these kind of cheaper races. These are not, you know, national races, Senate, presidential, which cost many millions and even billions of dollars to win a race like that. These are, you know, 500,000, a million might swing it on, on one of these DA local candidates. And so it's a great return on investment and he was basically saying that you know the fed his theory is that the fed is kind of it's one mafia don and then the other mafia don is davos set and they're kind of against each other and when the fed raises rates it's really hard on uh on the eu because their economy is even weaker and so they have to stop printing and they really need to print even more badly more desperately than the us does and so it's sort of like one mafia is trying to take out the other mafia. And, and so that's his sort of backdrop to this thesis. And, and Soros is is firmly in the WF side of it. And if you have cities in disrepair businesses and banks closing, um, they need the Fed to lower. They need to put pressure. Uh, they need lower interest rates. And so this sort of disrepair of the cities and the businesses that are suffering and bleeding business because of it, would be a way to put pressure on the other side to uh, make the uh, the Fed put trade where they're going to, again, start printing and, and lowering rates more profitable. So he suggested that one of the reasons for um, backing these DAs is to put pressure um, to lower interest rates. And again, I don't know if that's true. It's just a theory. But you look at Soros and the way he's kind of broke the Bank of England you know, 30 years ago and sort of the way he plays God a bit with these countries and these economies and, and you these quotes, you know, I mean, you see interviews with him talking about it, you know, people said like, you know, you're basically playing God with some of these third world countries and, you know, some of these currency trades really change, you know, what's going on with these governments. Um, and you think like, maybe this is just like this giant game, you know, they're making these giant bets and they're sort of fascinated with the extent to which they can influence these things. And the guy with the Soho house example is like a small time version of that, but he's, playing a game with AI and buying some calls and trying to win this game, you know, cleverly win this game. I, mean, I play fantasy sports and I'm trying to be clever in the ways that, that I do it. You know, when I played regular sports, I remember in basketball, I would always kind of lollygag around the the edge, like pretend like I wasn't paying attention to the perimeter defender that I was on. And when the guy threw just a, you know, an easy pass to him, I would spring and steal the pass and, go down for a layup. I would trick them basically into thinking I wasn't really defending that entry pass, that easy entry pass. And I, you know, I, I love baseball where if you're playing the outfield and there's a bloop hit, there's a man on first, you look up and act like you're going to catch it. Um, and so the guy in first doesn't know whether he can leave first base. He doesn't know whether to go to second or not. You know, I love deception and trickery and uh, I love clever ploys and fantasy sports. I love to, uh, find this the sleeper guy, the guy that people forget about, the Trey Lance with the last pick. It looks like he's not trending very well this preseason. But you know, the the running quarterback that everyone forgot about. I've always liked to be clever and find the, you know, the the angle. Um and and we all do. We we all like that to get rewarded for our cleverness. But you know, if you're a billionaire, it's not that satisfying to you know, when your fantasy football league, maybe, maybe they don't care about that. And these guys are playing at high stakes, really, really clever stuff. Poker. I always thought I really wanted, I mean, I'm sure people do this, but I've never really done this, like have the nuts. And, you know, somebody bets on the turn and just like agonize over the call and like reluctantly call, you know, it's just like pretend. And, and then, you know, on the river the guy will bet again because he thought that you, you know, that you're barely holding on and the car didn't help, obviously didn't help you. Um, I like all that trickery, but imagine that it, it's at, at the highest stakes and you look at uh, Soros, like what he, what kind of games he's willing to play in order to win, you know, he doesn't need the money, but does he want the satisfaction of seeing how far he can take it? And uh, Elon Musk and this whole, you know, even this Zuckerberg fight, like what the fuck is that all about? He backed out and now he's back in and Zuckerberg finally called him out. Was like, "All right, you're not serious. Okay, forget it." Um, and you know, he's like, "No, no, no, I'm in, I'm in." And he's kind of like this big game player. Now it's like, "Oh, free speech. Free speech is so important." You know. Then he hires this WEF CEO, and he's like, "Ha, ha, ha." You know, uh, lawful but awful, and we'll we'll restrict you as we see fit. And now he's like, "Okay, sh- let's let everyone share in the ad revenue." Uh, based on impressions and see what that fucking does to the public square. People posting like ridiculous errors on purpose to get engagement. You know, th- this whole uh, thing is just like a big fucking game because you know, it starts with fiat currency and the way it can be counterfeited by the government and a and whim. And, and you, you get in this non-reality where, where the incentives are so distorted that creating value is a sucker's game. It's like I talk about the game of sorry, going around the boards a suckers game. You want to get, you know, two spots from the start and get the four steps back. So you're right at the end or you want to sorry somebody or you want to get the 11 and switch places with someone. You don't want to fucking be a sucker and actually create value step by step. Do the work, create the value. Now, of course, you do in the long term over the long haul. But this is, you know, there's distorted incentives. And then. It really made me think of the, the show Squid Game. You know, the Squid Game is such a dark, violent, vicious show. And if spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, well worth watching. One of the darkest shows I've ever seen. And the darkest part is not just the violence, but the sort of payoff of where it's coming from. Like, why is this thing even, why does this even exist? And it turns out it's an old man who loves the game. And his, and his investors and his clients love watching this game. It's a game for them. And that's all it is. And these people are dying and these people are, you know, dealing with some serious shit. Um, but it's just, it's just a game. And, uh, and that's how I feel about this stuff. I just like, everything's just a fucking game. Like, you know, oh, haha, you know, yeah, Hunter Biden. Y'all yeah, right, Hunter Biden. What about Donald Trump Jr.? It's just, everything's a fucking game. Oh, you say this, I'll say that. Corruption on your end too. Corruption here, corruption there, you know it's not good, you know? And you see it like, you see it with kids doing this. I was like, this as a kid, like everything's a fucking joke. The authority is a joke. You know, your teachers are a joke. Your parents are a joke. And I got pissed at Sasha, you know, sometimes cause she just thinks eh, everything's a joke. And it's like, no, clean up this fucking shit. You made a mess. it's not a joke. You know, I, I, I get pissed. It, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, I was like that too when I was younger, but like, and when you're 11, um, I get it. How, authorities seem like a joke especially in a fucking joke society where all the shit is going on but you know this is not the right um ethos to have everything is not a fucking joke you know there are people that are a joke and the, the way these institutions are run is a fucking joke but life is not a joke you know it's not a game and you see this shit all the time i've talked about this people on twitter oh gamify your whole life it's all just a game ask a hundred women out. It's a game. It's a numbers game. You know, you get 10 yeses. And then, you know, and then it's like, this is not, that's not the way you should be running your fucking life. Your life is your life. I'm not saying you got to be serious or can't see the humor in life, but it's not a fucking game and it's not a fucking joke. And they're turning it into that. It's a bit disturbing. I'm going to leave on one uh, final note, uh, more serious. Just as we know, pretty much never say anything with certainty, but with fair amount of certainty that the COVID came from a lab. And just as we know, with basically absolute certainty that the mRNA shot does not stop the spread of COVID. These things are common knowledge. I do think that pretty soon that the mRNA shot was net negative for almost everybody that took it and killed a lot of people and disabled a lot of people. That will be common knowledge soon. I think it already is. Among the normal people, I think that the working I think that the working class who has no particular incentive to believe the lie can see the elephant in the room. I think it's the laptop class that is still um doesn't have common knowledge. Some of them are sort of opening their eyes and being like, "Yeah, this is." excess death. And I know a lot of people that have weird cancers and weird ailments out of nowhere, young, ostensibly healthy people. And all these athletes are dying. This is fucking weird. And I see all these weirdos justifying that, Oh, it's always been like this. Everybody, of course, young people die of heart attacks all the time, like trying to spin it in that way. So that's becoming common knowledge. I think, um, just as, you know, it was kind of common knowledge that Sosa and McGuire were on steroids and bonds. Um, and no oh, Roger Maris had 61 home runs. Yeah. Th- th- this happened before, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think Palmeiro and those guys, they were on steroids. There, they, they Luis Gonzalez hit 57 home runs. I think they were on, I think it was the steroid era. I think that was real. Um, and then you can't just cite Babe Ruth and Roger Maris hitting 60 home runs in the past 70 years and 30 years before that is your, oh no, this always happened. I think that's becoming common knowledge. And I think one other thing that's going to become common knowledge eventually Is that the 2020 election was probably stolen, and I mean that in the following way: we know for for a fact that the uh, the Biden laptop story was totally legit, and they called it Russian disinformation a week before the election, and that you know basically deprived people of important information before the election. But that one, as you know, as bad as that was, I, I I feel like most people, and even including me, might say, well, that was pretty dirty, but that falls under lying to the people, which politicians do. Trump lies to the people. Biden lies to the people. Obama lied to the people. Bush lied. They all do. Right. Politicians lie. So misinforming the voters. I mean, the media being in on it, I mean, that's pretty sick. I mean, but you know, okay, that's gross. And it's not, you know, obviously we, we now know what they are, but still, you know, misinforming the voters is not the same kind of cheating as actually You know, adding fake ballots. This is this is what's really an issue, not just the misinformation. I mean, that matters. And Google, you know, putting their thumb on the scale for searches and what comes up when you search different candidates—that's also cheating. But again, um, that's not cheating. Polluting the information ecosystem is a separate kind of cheating that I don't think rises to the same level as you know hacking the voting machines or putting in uh, fake ballots to distort the count. I think everybody kind of sees that as sort of the, a line that's a lot farther than the cheating that we know happened. But I'm starting to think that that probably did happen. And I, again, I'm not the journalist that's getting into the weeds. Oh, I looked at the recount or I saw the cameras and this box showed up at three in the morning and all that stuff. I'm not, that's not me. You, you guys can litigate that. I, that's not my my interest. I make no claim as to which part of that's true or false because It's just not. I'm not a journalist. That's not my interest. And I feel it's like the war of the studies. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, My thesis that I feel pretty clear about is they were willing to completely lie, the media and the, um, obviously, the Democratic Party and the deep state that signed off on the Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation. They were willing to lie brazenly about that without regard. And I think that that's pretty probative of them being willing to cheat. If they thought they could get away with it, if they had a way they thought they could get away with it, they would cheat. Or I'll put it differently I think it would be very naive at this point to think that the people who had so much at stake in who won the election would be able to believe that they were able to cheat to sway the election and yet refrain from doing it if they could, if they thought they could get away with it. I think it would be extremely naive to think, oh, no, no, they draw the line. They would never hack into the election. Democracy is too important. I don't believe that. You know, they're trying to imprison the uh, Biden's rival. I mean, I don't think that they're drawing the line at cheating. OK, so uh, if you don't think they would do that, if they thought they could get away with it. Now, they may not. It may be the case. They didn't think they could get away with it, so they didn't do it. But I'm saying if they thought they could get away with it, they would do it almost certainly. And if you don't think they would, um, I just think you're living in a different reality than I am. I I, I would bet huge sums of money that if they were, someone said, okay, we know for 100% certainty that you can get away with this. Do you want to cheat and just lock it in? They would say absolutely 100% yes. There would be no hesitation in my opinion. Okay. So if they could cheat, they would cheat. That's my opinion. And then the question just comes down to, did they have the opportunity? Did they think they had the opportunity? And you had all these mail-in ballots and that seems that they're not auditable. So why wouldn't they do it if they thought they'd get away with it? People say, oh, but the, they did the recounts and all this stuff. Look, we know the media for a fact lied that the that Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. They went out and lied right to your face about Russia Gate, but the vaccine stopping the spread. So these reports that we're getting from media about you know the recounts or who did what or all this stuff, it's just not trustworthy. Like all of the I, I just don't really put stock in it. I only put stock in statements against interest, but you don't know if it's like a double agent pretending to have a statement against your interest and, and all that anyway. I just have to go with if they could get away with it and they believe they could get away with it, they would do it. And there is a mechanism that there, there was a lack of transparency. And I think this probably happened. I don't know for sure, but I think they, it probably happened. And I think over time, when more and more of this stuff comes out, when you see the lengths to which they go to, you know, give a really pathetically weak indictment on Hunter Biden for his, um, violation of, uh, what is the foreign agent registration act and and other crimes that he committed and the indictment that the judge rejected. I think over time, it's going to be common knowledge that that was probably, um, that there was probably actual, not just, you know, the, the cheating that we know about the, the, misinformation around it, but, but actual cheating. I think that five, 10 years from now, when, the, when, it, when it's permitted. And, and, and the last tell for me is, let's just say um, there was no cheating and you know Biden won fair and square and you know, all the other circumstantial stuff like Trump had hu- huge rallies and nobody showed up to Biden's rallies. I mean, the counter argument is that people really hated Trump. And so they might've shown up just to vote against Trump. And I, I think that that's plausible. But it's still just a, a basic eyes and ears thing. Like one guy's got, you know, thousands and thousands of people enthusiastically at the rallies. The other guy has nobody. I think that is a data point that is valid. Um, one other tell to me and, and one of the biggest tells, and this is kind of the case with all of this stuff is just imagine you're having a conversation with one of your normie, uh, neoliberal friends and it comes up, you know, the 2020 election, you say, you know, I think it was probably fixed. I think that, uh, the Trump probably won and there was some Irregularities with the mail-in ballots—it's too suspicious, and I think he probably won. Would they say, "Yeah, really, you think that?" Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was on the level, of like you know, but they've looked into it. I—I I don't really think. Uh, I think that's kind of like a nothing burger, really, to be honest. Was that how the conversation would go? Because if it went like that, in some ways, I would be more like, "Okay, that's a normal conversation about a political event," and. That's not a tell one way or the other. You know, maybe maybe they're right. Maybe this is a nothing burger. Maybe it was exaggerated. I think the conversation would go like this. You know, um, I actually think that 2020 was fixed, and I don't just mean like the Biden laptop disinfo, but I mean like they actually like added in a lot of votes to sway, you know, certain states to basically steal the election. It would go, "Are you fucking crazy, dude? Are you?" Are you starting to in with those conspiracy theories again? That's just, just fucking dangerous, dude. That shit is fucking dangerous. You know why? Because if people start doubting that, you're going to have insurrections like January 6th. You're going to have fucking people attacking democracy. I mean, that kind of shit, you got to just shut up with that shit. I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to fucking hear one more word about that shit, okay? Just shut the fuck up with that. Please, do not fucking talk to me about that shit again. I think that's how it would go. And that is a fucking tell. Why can't you have a conversation about that? United States of America, free speech. We're having a conversation about the election. There's a lot of fucking weird shit happening in that election. It's a fact. It swayed late at night. There were mail-in ballots. There was a lot of irregularities and and it was very contested. It was very close. This is a conversation that should be had. But I think that people have actually been hypnotized. That's Scott Adams word. I, I like this. is People are hypnotized. It's like hypnosis that you think January 6th was an insurrection, an unarmed bunch of fat people staging an insurrection against the United States government. Okay. I mean, I, that is like a, a level of hypnosis. You need to believe that, but same with this, like you're hypnotized to think this is an attack on me. This is something has gotten in there. It's gotten into your brain, into your emotions about this topic you know, about these kinds of topics. You can't just have a disagreement. It'd be perfectly fine. i saying, nah, I think that's a nothing burger. I think they looked into it mostly. And I don't, I don't think that's right. I, I actually disagree. That would be a normal response. But the response that I think you would really get was the second one. And that is a tell that shows something is not right. They knew they couldn't just let that stand, that kind of debate, that discussion go and where it would lead. They had to make it so that that was shut down and why why would they need to propagandize people to shut down the very discussion? I mean, look, elections are disputed. You know, the, the 2016 was disputed. Nobody shut that down. That shit went on for three fucking years of questioning Russian interference and all this shit. They lost a huge investigation into it. So, and that's fine. I mean, it's not fine that they lied and the FBI knew the fucking whole thing was fake from the beginning. That's not fine at all. But the fact that people were questioning 2016 is perfectly fine. You know, this, that's your right to question it. You know, we're, ostensibly. We used to be in a free society. Anyway, that's going to do it. I lied. I guess it wasn't that short, almost a full hour. Uh, I'm going to France, going to, uh, ah, who cares? I'll tell you about it when we get back. You don't need to know the uh, itinerary of my uh, vacation, but till next time.